High Five Gear is a proud sponsor of Above180.com. H5G has thousands of designs to choose from and no hidden artwork fees. How awesome is that? Show your individuality and have your jersey tell your story. Online, you can order at www.high5gear.com today. Don't let fashion pass you by. Add H5G into your wardrobe and show off your individuality. Use code ABOVE180 at checkout for $20 off any H5G style. Thank you to all of our supporters and our fans. We appreciate it. Bowling this month is bowling's trusted technical resource that's relied upon by thousands of serious bowlers, pro shop operators, and professional coaches. From independent ball reviews to great instructional articles on all facets of our sport, you'll find it all at BowlingThisMonth.com. For less than the price of a cup of coffee per month, you can have online access to Bowling This Month's premium technical bowling content that will help you improve your game. Bowling This Month is so confident you'll be satisfied, they're offering a 14-day money-back guarantee to all subscribers. Check out BowlingThisMonth.com and sign up today. Tim Berg is ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews, coaching, to drilling layouts, and the stars of the PBA. Now, here's your host, Tim Berg. Joining me on the Above180.com podcast is Jason Sterner and Heather Diarico. Jason has three career PBA titles, and Heather bowled collegiately at the University of Robert Morris. Heather is a founder of Bowl Fit and has been in the industry of health and fitness for 13 years. Heather and Jason, it's Tim Berg here. Thank you guys for joining me today. Thank you so much yeah. for having us. I appreciate that. All right, well, let's um, let's get right into things here. So, Jason, this has to be, uh, as I guess we call it, a little bit of a break before you guys get back into things. You guys had the first part of the year, your PBA Tour schedule, had a, a really good three months. So let's get right into things. And I'm going to begin with Heather first and ask her just how she helped you to prepare for the grind of being on the road. You mentioned you're, you were away from home for a number of, you know, you can tell us how, how long you were away, but how she prepared right. you both physically and then even just helped you with some, some nuggets as far as uh, how to how to eat as well as you you could when you're away from home and away from a lot of home cooked meals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I honestly didn't have to do as much this year to prepare him because he's in a pretty good routine now. You know, we've been together what, three, three and a half years now. So um from the get go when we started dating, we started hitting the gym together and I really spent a lot of time explaining to him not just what to do but the why. Um, why it was important and you know he had the issues with his lower back and he was doing a lot of cardio at that time so I really introduced him to strength training and I over the years I've explained to him how to program for himself even so he has a program for me that he can follow um, on the Train Heroic app that I use with my clients so I put one together for him as well but really now he he kind of goes in and he knows what he needs to be doing. And if there isn't something on the app, like he could put together a workout for himself, basically um, just making sure it covers like his push movements, his pull movements, his squats, his hinges. And I think he, he has the confidence now in the gym that 
I don't think he necessarily relies on me for that. Honestly, we actually work out separately now, too. Um, in the beginning, we used to work out a lot together. And now I think it's just kind of like um, a stress reliever for each of us when we go to the gym. So it's kind of like our me time. So I, I go to a different gym than he does. He goes to Planet Fitness a lot of the times, and I'll go to the gym I used to work at. And he knows what he needs to be doing. Um, we started cooking a lot at, at home, and I think – just through eating healthier at home, he realizes how much better he feels when he's getting his veggies in and and having less of, of the junk when you go out. And I think, you know, when he goes to tour stops, you know, he'll tell me, you know, how excited he is to go and get a salad sometimes just because it, it feels more, it feels better to him when he's eating that stuff versus what he used to eat when he, go out, he goes out on tour. So I feel like I don't have to like tell him what to do because he feels the difference. He feels better when he's strength training. Um, he feels better when he's making better choices when he goes out to eat and when he's on the road. So I think he's just in that groove now and in that routine that it's just part of his lifestyle, to be honest. And Jason, how was that or how, how was that that progression for you from the way you used to be when you would go out and after a, a block, how you'd eat, where you'd eat, what you'd eat? to where you're at now certainly takes more effort is my my guess but aside from the effort like heather's saying you're noticing that you're seeing and feeling better after each block oh yeah i mean it's definitely been a a process and you know it was tough in the beginning to figure out and you know what do i eat you know what do i do and i had to call her a lot be like you know i'm going to applebee's like what are my options what do i need to be looking for things like that and and I found that there are healthy alternatives. You just have to choose them. And in the beginning, it was tough, you know, like anything. But, you know, like she was saying, like the, the things that I noticed were the next day after, after I would work out or after I would bowl, like my body would be in a much better state than the way it had been in the past. So to me, that was just like the checks and balances, like, okay, let's just follow this. And my body's telling me what you know, what the benefits of it, you know, I don't have to question it at that point. Like, okay, let's keep fueling it correctly. And now I can train a little bit harder and not get injured and things like that. So that's where I started to see the differences. And that was like the, you know, the elixir, I guess. So I'm like, all right, well, you know, I guess she's right. <laughs> like, so <laughs> let's, uh, let's keep doing this. Um, you know, because in, in our profession and like most, like we just can't afford any downtime um, and you can't afford injuries. So it was uh, it was a huge help. And, and that's, you know, kind of made it that much more uh, enjoyable to go to the gym is to feel the rewards afterwards. Like I didn't have to get out of bed and go, oh, God, my back or my ankle or my, you know, whatever. Like and, you know, it wasn't but like four or five years ago that I mean. I'm like, I mean, I don't even know how I can keep going like this. Like, I could barely finish blocks without being in pain. Like, I would be dragging because I wouldn't be eating and fueling properly. So the last few games, it would be more of like, I just want to get this over instead of like going into like, okay, let's get 240, let's get 250 out of this game, being at 100% and just instead of worrying about, okay, where am I going to lunch or or all the things that just weren't important at that time. And, you know, so it's been a huge help um and and moving forward in in my journey so you mentioned applebee's so like an applebee's or a chili what's a practical tip for someone out there who's listening who's heading out on the road to bowl maybe it's just their state tournament maybe it's uh 
like I said, state, open championships, something out of the town where they will be eating. And I know the other thing I was thinking when you guys are talking about eating healthy, I'm sure at one point you talk about salads, you could pop into a grocery store, uh, the bigger grocery stores that have the salad bars set up where you could load them up. Well, now with COVID, most of them are gone. I believe some may be coming back, but not not at the rate they once were. But what's a couple practical uh, tips for like eating out at a at a restaurant or where people can get a nutritious meal, a healthy meal, I should say? I'll let Heather take it. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny to say that uh, a couple tournaments this season that he would call me and he got done bowling really late and he was like, in a drive-thru for fast food because he's like, there's nothing else open. Like, I, I didn't think ahead. I didn't plan ahead on this. And now I'm stuck going through, I don't know, you're in like um, a Taco Bell drive-thru one night. And it wasn't what he wanted to eat. He knew he was going to feel pretty awful after eating it. But, you know, when it's 11 o'clock or midnight and there aren't a lot of places open, he's got to bowl early the next day. He's got to get, get to the hotel, get sleep. There's still moments where that happens. So I kind of brought up, I'm like, okay, well, this is where you kind of need to plan ahead a little bit more. And when you get into town, wherever that tournament is, head to a grocery store and pick up some things you can keep in the hotel room just in case, like those prepackaged salads that you could just kind of whip together at night. And then you're not having something really heavy or super high in sodium right before you go to bed. And then you wake up in the morning and your, your body's all swollen and not feeling great. So we actually talked about this year and um, that this year and picking up, I, I like those salads. I like, um, you know, if you've got a fridge in the hotel, that's always a plus because you can keep like yogurt or um, some fruit, some veggies, some things you can snack on. Um, protein bars. I am always carrying protein bars with me when I travel. So just having some things on standby in case that worst case scenario comes up and you get done bowling late. And Jason. Yeah. And and like in the Applebee's part, it would be like, you know, there's always that lighter side where, you know, some kind of uh, grilled chicken or salmon or steak and then like some, you know, some greens, some broccolis or like a side salad. Like they can always make it like if they don't have that exactly worded out, I'll be like, hey, can I just get these three things and I don't, you know, I don't see where they are, but these are what I would like to do. And in most time they're like, Oh yeah, we'll just, you know, substitute here, add that. And, and we're good. So. And moving on to the bowling side of things, Jason, this year, like mm-hmm. I said, um, as we're not done, but um, we're taking a little break here before you guys have your PBA draft coming up, not to, uh, not mm-hmm. in the near distant future. Uh, how would I guess? How would you describe your first, the first part of your tournaments, where you go back to back to back? You have the majors, you have everything in February, March, January. How would you describe your events? And then, what do you think this year led to? I mean, I'm going to say it was a, a success, full, you know, three months for you. But what do you think led to to the successes you had on the lanes and making some shows? Uh, yeah, it. Uh, I mean, it's 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 a it's a, a couple key points here and there, and it. It kind of started after last season, you know, there was the, you know, the implementing of the bowl use stuff and, you know, there were some, the physical changes in the gym and, and all those things. But uh, I, I would say, I guess it started last summer when we were done. Um, I had had the same thumb or a refurbished thumb for like the last 15 years. And even though I worked with Doug, we were basically taking the same thumb that I had for 15 years, putting it in a whole different way, cutting off the top, adding some different bevel, like, and the season went well, but 
I struggled a lot of blocks where my thumb was getting banged up because it was just, it needed to be refit and resized and shaped to, a, you know, a 15 year old me. Um, so after the summer tour, I went home to my buddy who, you know, built this thumb, you know, 15 years ago, uh, Titus Harris. And we, um, we went back to work and we didn't have, but a couple of days. So we, you know, we did the best of our, uh, we could with our time, but we got a thumb that, felt right and let me do what I needed to do without, you know, having to squeeze and manipulate and, and all these stuff. Um, so that was kind of where we started. The, the thing that we ran into next is, you know, then there was a lot of downtime and we, I wasn't bowling on tour. So I, all I did was, you know, practice with it and I couldn't really see if it was going to be the final thumb or if it needed to be tweaked again, you know, I really wasn't putting any duress or anything to, to let me see, you know, what, if this was the final product or not. And that didn't really start to happen until this season. And I struggled with some physical stuff early in the season. And part of it was due to that thumb, not like it, this wasn't finalized yet. Like it was good, but I knew that it felt like there was some, some pieces that needed to be fixed to it. And uh, that actually kind of took place in Milwaukee. Um, I ended up calling Titus and, and I was like, Hey man, like, you know, I'm having some issues clearing it, you know, it feels good in all these levels, but you know, at the, at the bottom, like I'm feeling like I'm having to like toss it off my hand or like, it's just like, it's not, yeah, it's not consistent. And that was affecting me physically and some of my other choices. And he's like, well, if we can't do anything, here's what I think we should do. And you need to add some bevel, you know, at like 11, 12 o'clock. And he's like, I know it's in the middle of the season, but like I've told him in the past, I was like, well, I ain't scared to try it. Man, what do we got to lose? You know, we can't, we can go forward, but, you know, we can, I don't want to keep staying in this state. Um, so like, it was like two days into the Milwaukee thing, I started the doubles and I started beveling on these, on these thumbs. And next thing I know, I was like, Oh, okay. Like, there we go. Like, this is back to where I was in 21 without having to, you know, like worry about if my thumb was going to clear or not. So at that point, then I could just go back to shot making. So that's kind of the first piece of it. I think uh, the second piece was rooming with Simonelli. Like, um, we were able, he was able to kind of help were things to me a lot differently throughout that season, you know, even dealing with the physical stuff, we were just like, okay, well, this is what you got. So this is what we're going to have to do. But at that point, I'm still looking at, you know, ball motion past the foul line. So, you know, he, you know, we came up with our own terminology, I guess, to kind of spin off of the bowl. You, I mean, it was just in a lot of ways, it was the same, just worded differently. And, uh, you know, so working with him was, you know, really eye opening because, you know, we, he could relate it to, to me and he's there bowling with me day in, day out. So if I'm running into something in the morning block, he's like, well, you probably felt this, that, and that. And I was like, yeah. He's like, okay, well, these are what I think you should look into this next block. And then I'd make those changes, even dealing with the physical stuff and boom, you know, 150 over that block to get a check or to give myself a chance to come bowl the next day. And, uh, and that was huge because that wasn't happening in the past. You know, it was just like, all right, well, you know, this ended poorly. We'll just move on to the next tournament. Like there was like the educational component was was being missed every tournament and was getting dragged into, okay, it was just physical. Like I just didn't bowl well. And 
you know, this happened because of that, you know, and a lot of that stuff was, you know, in and around that. So Jason, now that you think you have things figured out, what's next for you? Where do you go from here and where does your game go from here moving forward? I think it's, it's more of studying and, and learning, um, what's going on past the foul line and, and, and quicker, you know, and he said something that was really cool. And, um, I forget where we were. And he goes, he goes, you can actually learn stuff off your bad shots. And in the past, I was one of those results based. So like, I wouldn't process something and throw it to until I threw a good shot. So first frame goes by, then throw a good, okay, whatever. I got to wait, go to the second frame. Maybe I throw a good, maybe I don't. Then I come back to the third frame. Then if I would throw a good, I'd be like, okay, now what? You know, and then like, sometimes that would take six or seven frames before I was to the point where, oh, like, yeah, I threw a good, now what am I doing? Where if I would have been processing even the bad shots, you know, if the ball hooked earlier, if I missed right in, it hooked up or it didn't hook, like, I could have been taking that all in consideration and then being proactive about it and giving myself an opportunity to bowl to 22-30 in the back end instead of punching out for like 190-20. So I think getting quicker at learning that, paying attention to like where the guys are, how they're breaking them down, um, ball shape, better ball decisions, better surface prep, um, all of those things that I used to just shrug aside as like if I'm throwing it physically physically good that day then I'll figure it out well you know that's just not how it works like you have to be proactive and so I think for me I need to start to pay attention to that more throughout the blocks and if I'm struggling watch where the guys are that I can get the most information from you know where they're at you know just things that like I was all like results based like I said so like if I was throwing it good, then like I it felt like everything was going well. Like, but when you're not throwing it good, like there are other variables that you can be paying attention to that will help you get lined up. And those were the things that I would kind of miss in the past. And you know, now I need to be more aware of it. Like, I think the one tournament uh, in Colorado, like I bowled good the the first day, but the second day the the pitcher changed, and I was so caught up in the day before that I wasn't allowing myself to see what the guys the next day were doing. For instance, like the ball was further closer to the gutter than where mine was the day before where I was striking and me just not paying attention to that. Like I'm trying to do what I'm doing and what I've learned, but not just being aware of like, okay, like I'm too, I'm too involved. Like, let me step back and let me watch what these guys are doing. Let me see where they're playing. Let me see what tools they're using, what their surface prep is and process it that way and try to make some better decisions instead of trying to physically, you know, oh, okay, I got this. I'll just, I'll do this. You know, I'll, I'll bowl this like that. You know, that's just not, that's not going to cut it. And uh, something happened this year that probably might be wrong. Hasn't happened on tour quite a while where there was a lot of talk regarding equipment and equipment being allowed and not being allowed and it went across pretty much every every brand every manufacturer was a i don't say every manufacturer but the majority of manufacturers were affected a lot of a lot of back and forth on social media some from players some not from players some from fans etc cetera, etc cetera. how much though did you guys pay attention to that Aside from knowing what you obviously was was allowed and the PBA, you know, and the PBA approved uh, equipment you guys could be using and you couldn't be using. Yeah, I 
I'm kind of oblivious most of the time to all that. Like I pay attention to the, the, the facts that, you know, affect me. And so like in that situation, it was for us, it was obviously the purple ball. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm just not even going to put myself through that. I'm going to drill this new one and figure out how to use it. And then that's going to be the tool. And then I don't have to avoid going down that road. So that's how it was for me as far as, as that, you know, I just handled my business and chose the tool that I wanted to use that I knew was legal by their standards. And, you know, it took, it was a learning curve to figure out, you know, obviously the new one to the old one, but, you know, once I was able to dial that in, then I knew what I needed to do. And that was my tool. And when it was, you know, when I could use it, I used it. And when it was time to be put away, I put it away. I think uh, one thing Jason is really good at that I envy a little bit is he's really good at drowning out the noise with all that stuff going on. You know, he, I remember talking to him on the phone one day after um, everything with the balls being banned kind of came out and I'm like, how is it over there? And he's like, Oh man, people are really upset. It's kind of crazy. And I'm like, Oh, well, how are you? He's like, I'm fine. You know, I'm just focusing on what I have to do, you know, staying kind of staying in your lane just focusing on what you have to do day in and day out and not letting all of those things distract you from what's in front of you and like just staying in the moment so he's really good at that well and it seems like it's one of those things where if you let it get in your head it could get in your head and then it turns into what could be used as an excuse as to why why someone may not have made a cut or why you didn't bowl quite as well as as you expected to and, and you have kind of that built-in excuse Right. I uh, totally, totally agree with that. And I just, there's, I don't, I try not to get into that, you know, like if it's on me, it's on me and I don't want to find an excuse. Like just I would, take ownership. Yeah. yeah. Take ownership. Please check out h5gbrands.com for your dye supplemented Jersey needs, thousands of designs, no hidden artwork fees. And if you use promo code above 180, you will get $20 off your order. That's promo code above 180 for $20 off your order. Once again, no hidden artwork fees, thousands of designs to choose from. Again, promo code above 180. That will get you $20 off your order. No hidden artwork fees. Again, check everything out. H5GBrands.com. Also, another fine sponsor of the podcast, BowlingThisMonth.com. Bowling's best and most comprehensive technical resource all at your fingertips. Got your ball reviews on your left-hand side. You can look there for all the latest and greatest equipment that you might want to take out to Nationals with you. Also, got some great articles, instructional articles. You can check out other great resources. They can help you do everything you need. And got coaches' questions, perspectives on there, book reports they do all sorts of great things, all sorts of features. Again, everything at your fingertips. Check that all out, bowlingthismonth.com. Ronnie Sparks joining me in the podcast here. Ronnie, I had a chance to catch up with Matt McNeil, whose team is currently leading in the regular division. And I asked Matt if he thought his score would hold up. He was kind of unsure on the fence, said there's a lot of good teams still need to, are heading out to Vegas. I would, I'd ask you the same question, how you think your score is going to hold up, and then also let's stick with team here. What do you think are some of the changes this year in the pattern that maybe are making it a little more playable than it has been in uh, some of the years past? 
Jason, this is for uh, Jason and Heather. This one's probably for both of you. Maybe uh, Heather, maybe you've been a part of this, but have do you guys have out there on tour, Jason, someone who is uh, is a massage therapist, uh, for example, or a chiropractor who can help you guys when you are a little bit tight? Maybe you have a nagging injury because you guys are out there for so many weeks in a row, and things uh, things happen to all of us as uh, our bodies can sometimes break down, especially you guys having the long long days and, and lots of bowling. Uh, kind of, sort of, um, <laughs> actor and massage therapist. Yeah, no, they, I don't, or have yeah they, they've, uh, out of the, you know, 15 years I've been out there, there's on an occasion, some, sometimes they've had a chiropractor on site. Um, you know, uh, I don't think as far as the physical therapists or anything like that, but a massage therapist one time, right? Oh, uh, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I guess maybe we did in love. I don't know if it was in Lubbock or Shawnee. I think there was one there, you know, but you know, a handful of times at, at best. So it's not like a, there's not like an official person who's follows no. the tour around. Like you have, you know, you have people out there doing, doing other things for you guys. There's nothing official. Heather, can you hit on just some of the, the benefits of, that for some people if they're if they're in a little bit of uh, you know maybe they have an issue what some of those benefits maybe would be Mm -hmm. yeah so the one thing I know they have done is um, I teamed up with them in 2020 right before Mm -hmm. right before COVID started and then through COVID um, I was offering um, programs to the top 60 players on the points list for the PBA um and they basically the PBA covered the cost for them. So they all had access to workouts for free. So through COVID, like all of those top 60 players um, had access to workouts on an app that they could follow to help them stay healthy. Um, now, how many of them stuck to doing it? <laughs> Wasn't as large of a number as I think it should have been, but you know, it's, it's hard to get into, you know, just following a program. If you're not comfortable, it might be better to do it with someone in person to start. If it's something completely new and you're a little hesitant about, am I doing this correctly and whatnot? Um, but I think the the key for these players right now is really doing more of the strength training. I think a lot of people, when they want to get in shape, they jump into doing the cardio and like overdoing it a little too much. And And they also get caught up in, all right, our sport is so different, so I need to be doing something very different. I need to do something bowling-specific. And really what our our bowlers need is the same as any other athlete, is to be healthy overall and have your body function well, to kind of work through some of those imbalances and things that are occurring from all of the repetitive motion. So I always just recommend, like, start with doing some strength training one or two times a week consistently. You can always build up from there. But doing the basics to just move well. You know, you don't need to do anything fancy like standing on a BOSU ball with one leg and, like, swinging your bowling ball and doing anything crazy. You know, you need to do the push-ups, the the sit-ups, the squats, the lunges, all those basic things. And that can go a really long way in just making your body healthier and more prepared to do our sport. All right, my final question then for for Jason and then Heather as well, if you have any favorite pieces that you're out there throwing, but just uh, some of the stuff in, in that whole Brunswick family of bowling balls, Jason, that you're, you're really liking out there on the lanes uh, when you're out on tour and then obviously when you're back home as well. So stuff that'll work kind of for the, for the average listener and then some of the stuff that you're, uh, you're really liking what you see out on tour. 
Yeah, the uh, my favorite balls this season were uh, that the the Quantums, especially that Quantum Evo Pearl. Um, that ball was huge and uh, making a lot of uh, of of cuts and things. Um, the uh, the Bigfoot from Radical I thought was a really good addition for like a, a clean, strong, symmetric that. The minute I could get left and you know I didn't have to worry about missing to the right and it was going to pick up every time. That was uh, that was a great piece. Uh, a good solid symmetrical ball that I liked was the Infamous. Uh, I didn't realize uh, it was a higher RG. I thought it was much slower, but it you know it was it was one of those kind of in between balls for me, like bridging the gap. And uh, a sleeper ball that I didn't even throw when it first came out that was pretty cool was uh, the Verge Pearl. Um, I think Tim actually talked me into drilling that in Milwaukee, and it was very vital uh, to making that show. Um, so those uh, – and the Black Widow, I mean, that's still been my favorite ball for the last two years. I, I probably throw that 70% of the tournaments that I go through. It's it's in there. But, um, yeah, I mean, those were, those were like those four key balls for me throughout the season. Uh, the GB4 Pearl was in there at times. But, um, you know, I was – probably reaching for that quantum evo pearl <laughs> i felt like the beginning of every block i'm, I'm drilled two or three of them I'm like i'm like one of these are gonna work so i mean that the ball is awesome well awesome As for me go ahead heather Ray, i yeah i haven't thrown a ton of the new new bowling balls right now because we've been working a lot on my physical game mainly so we're actually on our to-do list tonight is to kind of go through all my bowling balls and restructure my arsenal a little bit, make sure I've got everything covered that I need and start looking at that a little bit more. But um, I really like the 3D offset right now. So it's like my favorite ball in my bag at the moment. Well, awesome stuff. Jason Sterner, Heather DiRico, want to thank you both for joining me on the podcast today. All the best of luck to both of uh, to everything you guys have going on. And Jason will be uh, looking forward to uh, – to seeing where you uh, where you're drafted and seeing you over the summer uh, at the rest of the PBA events. All right, thanks, Tim. I appreciate you having us on. Thank you so much.